Welcome to another episode of Paranormally Speaking. Ah, ah, ah. It's just me. I'm pretending to be Bella Lugosi, pretending to be the Count from Sesame Street, pretending to be Dracula. Don't be alarmed. This is another episode of Paranormally Speaking, Halloween edition. This will be the final one for the year, of course. Tomorrow is trick-or-treat for many communities. Saturday itself will be October 31st, Halloween, and a full moon. It will not do that again until about 80 years from now, so look up to the skies if you're out on Halloween night gallivanting around, playing pranks, walking through a cemetery, checking out haunted hotspots, or if uh, someone from a witch's coven is listening right now, look up while you're out there praying to the trees or whatever you do. Uh, I have a lot lined up for you this week. A special segment with me on Loper and Randy in the morning, a Halloween special that aired this past Tuesday on 99.7 The Blitz. Also, an excerpt from my very first audiobook, a story that I narrated and was written by me, musical accompaniment provided by James C. Greening, a good friend of mine who does composing uh, music for games, apps, documentaries, other audio work. Uh, he's got a really good touch uh, musically. So sit back, enjoy the terror that will unfold. Someone turn that hotel light off. Wait, no, turn it back off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. Neil Pox Senior. Is that right? <laughs> Hello, Neil. Good morning. How are you? Are you a senior? Uh, I'm the only one, so yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I think it's scarier, man. I thought you meant double ARP. No, no, no. <laughs> you got to go Neil Parks Senior. Okay. So everyone knows. But uh, here's the thing. You truly present terrifying tales. Now, this is going to be a digital album where you give like a verbal kind of like a book on tape sort of deal yeah it's it's my first audio book i and love it it was man. really interesting to to do that because i had to get into a state of mind because sometimes i would go through reading the story and having to re-record it over and over again because sometimes i would sound like moira rose from schitt's creek and gotcha a lot of william shatner <laughs> pause moments <laughs> Hey, so this is uh, available for download where? Uh, it's available through a um, launch site called Bandcamp.com, believe it or not. Oh, okay, cool. Bandcamp. Yeah, I know Bandcamp. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's one time at Bandcamp, right? So you, uh, you, you're going to tell all kinds of ghostly and, and spooky stories in the book, and I'll let people check out that audio uh, for another time, but... Let us know, man. Around our surrounding areas, what are some of the uh, the age old haunts that people could check out during COVID? Well, the nice during COVID that's a given because I had many things planned for twenty twenty. But uh, I know we were supposed to camp out at the prison, that. man. You know, we can't, we couldn't even do the prison. We were yeah. going to try to do some sort of like seance inside the Mansfield prison, and, and yeah, that, that all got right. shut down. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, whether you, you're a believer or not, it's always fun to hear a good ghost story this time of the year, especially when they originate close to home. And uh, Blood Prison, that's still going on, of course. You're still advertising for it heavily, which is a fun tourist attraction. It's a great haunted hotspot. 
naturally anyway, and supernaturally speaking, but it's still generating business. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe you can tell me more uh, about the capacity, the amount of people allowed at any given moment to go through this tour. Have they lowered it due to COVID-19? Well, I think what they're doing is they're just allowing like parties, like whoever you're with, you know, you can book a reservation and like cruise through with the people that you have been, I guess, exposed to the entire time. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that you're going to endanger the spirits any. I don't think they're required to wear <laughs> right. masks, but you are. Yeah, I think they're good with the COVID. I mean, have you heard that uh, people have experienced, like, real paranormal stuff up there at the prison? Oh, yeah. I, um, a good friend of mine, she used to be the curator for the Mansfield Reformatory um, Archives area. And she led a lot of the tours back in 2010 through 2015 before she moved on to other career avenues. Uh, she would have whispers and, and voices come directly up to her ear saying uh, incredibly inappropriate things to her. She would be touched or pushed. Uh, things would fly across the office. They had uh, night um, security cameras pick up movement and things on tables and on desks, things flying across the room. Uh, she showed me a few of those samples. I'm telling you, when you're inside the prison, because I went uh, during the concert up there, incarceration, and so, you know, they weren't decorated for blood prison necessarily, but the whole thing is just spooky. Like, when you get away from a group and it's just you and, like, two other people, all of a sudden, man, it's just like this eerie, I'm not going to say, like, you know, I felt a ghost or anything, you know, like, I'm not going to discredit anyone else, but I, it just, it's an eerie feeling where you're just like, I would not want to be in here alone in the middle of the night. And I'm not, I'm not like a person who's like scared of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I just, I, that would not be something I would willingly want to do. You know? Like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll go stand. Cause I mean, literally, that you don't know. I mean, like, the inmates, there were a bunch of a children of that energy. were living there. Yeah, bad energy. Bad bad energy. Yeah. But the whole place <laughs> is magnificent. The way it was built, like the age in, in which it was built, like all of the architecture and everything, just uh, the crown molding. I mean, it's like unbelievable. Okay, so that's in Mansfield. What about Chillicothe? Because in 2010, you wrote it. You wrote it. You wrote it. <laughs> you wrote a book, Haunted Chillicothe, Tales, Legends, Folklore, and True Ghost Stories. What is the most haunted place in Chillicothe? Yeah, I done I done wrote that book. <laughs> the uh, that book I, I focused heavily on the the uh, majestic theater. There had been so many stories circulating around that location in particular from so many people that had shared it with me. Not just people in Chillicothe, but people who have gone through the majestic, who are from other states and other parts of the world, the country, or for that matter, and. The the energy is the same at the Majestic as would be what Lober just explained that he felt at the Mansfield Reformatory. Uh, there's a lot of blood that was spilled in the alleyway uh, between the Majestic and at what that time uh, during the flu outbreak of 1918, uh -huh. uh, which was a major pandemic in itself. And yeah. Kind of, yeah, but we're not running out of room at this point to stockpile bodies, fortunately. But the morgue ran out of room because of the, the mass influx of the dead and the dying. And when they would do embalming, they did it on the stage of the Majestic, and they would drain the blood into the alleyway between the Majestic and what was the morgue at that time. What is this? There's a lot of strong negative energy in, in this town. 
it's a river town, and yeah. most of your supernatural activity seems to go with the, the current flow of the water itself. It acts as a conductor, in, in my in my uh, opinion. Now, did any of that bad mojo float down to my people in uh, Portsmouth? I mean, like... Well, there's lots of creepy tales in Portsmouth, of course. Uh, I shared with you a while ago. Is his uh, name Jeremy wacky- Loper? Hey, Rick, that's Jeremy disrespectful. Loper. <laughs> that's disrespectful. That's the wackiest story I know. Hey, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the... Oh, is that banjo music? Wow. I, we I want Loper to feel at home. Yeah, they're jerks. They're jerks. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Portsmouth. I don't feel bad, Loper. I grew up in Pike County. It's about the same. <laughs> Our fare's a little better, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, your fare is much better. I remember being, uh, I think I was eight or nine, I saw Lee Greenwood at uh, the fair. In one of Randy's favorites. Yeah, That's that one guy. of Randy's favorites, yeah. It's Scioto oh, County Fair, huh? Oh, Man, they had yeah. one of the best demolition derbies oh, this country's ever seen. Yeah. Huh? You want to make demolition derbies great again? Yeah. Go to the Scioto County Fair. Love it. So Have what's haunted? What's haunted in uh, Scioto County? In uh, Scioto County, you have the the main walk, uh, walking wall area near the river. Like oh, the flood uh, wall? The murals, yeah. Yeah, the flood wall. Uh, allegedly, people have thrown themselves from, and I'm not sure how shallow or how deep that, that part of the water it's is. Roy Rogers, I heard. Breaking their ankles, but uh, they are known to jump from the flood wall, or people have committed suicide near wow. that area with, by shooting themselves. Uh, it's it's something to do with that that area. I don't know if it's because they're looking at Kentucky and get really sad. No, it's well, it, I think it's the it. confluence of the rivers. That's where the Ohio and the Scioto meet. Yeah, that's exactly right. How and, ba- and how about the Athens what? Lunatic Asylum, which is now called the Ridges? It's oh like- yeah, they they've been using that for a while now as uh, one part uh, the art museum for the college for the campus itself. Uh, every now and then, on certain parts, certain wings that are open to the public, they'll have ghost tours. But from what I've been told this year, they canceled those to operate. They said they did a bunch of lobotomies there between the 1800s and the 1993 is when that oh psychiatric facility was shut down. Wow, they wild. did a bunch of lobotomies there, and supposedly there's a there's been a lot of paranormal sightings there. And also, there were a lot of patients that they kept there uh, well into the early 90s, like you just mentioned, and they ended up uh, flooding them into nursing facilities in Pike County and Ross County. So a lot of them uh, are still alive and living in these nursing facilities and experienced that mental torment in those institutions. No way. Uh, One of which, um, it was a job I had after college. I worked as an office manager and HR director for... Uh, I will not name um, nursing facility in Pike County, and a resident who formerly was from the Ridges area, uh, they brought her in, and she had been raped when she was much younger and had a child, and they surrendered the child and all. And I found this out after her death, that she actually had a child. She was raped by an orderly, and they took the child from her and, and put it in the system. But she passed away at the nursing facility. And I approach her after she had her stroke, and she's, you know, unfortunately dead on the floor, non-responsive. And I hear down the hall one of the other residents yelling her name and yelling at her to get out of her room. And this was a resident. They hated that resident. They never always fought like cats and dogs. So I walk down the hall, and I'm confused as to why she's calling her name out after she had just died minutes before. And 
I'm standing in the doorway, and this woman is, like, shouting at the corner of the room and uh, for her to get out of her room now. Get out, or I'm going to call uh, such and such nurse. And then it started to calm down a little bit. And I'm looking in here and seeing her respond to the corner of her room that way, then looking back down the hallway and seeing that this resident is, in fact, still dead on the floor. So she was saying her ghost. That is wild. Yeah. I mean, one would think. Starting yes. her hauntings with her enemies. <laughs> yeah, no, right? I like that. She's like, I'm going yeah. out. I know what exactly Nailed. what I'm doing. I'm going you are right a, to Brenda's room. You're a scary guy, man. Does your wife sleep, like, right next to you? Or is she, like, around October 1st? She's like, I'm going to go sleep in the other room for a little while. You're so scary. I mean. Well, it, it's fortunate because I have sleep apnea, so I have to sleep with, like, a Top Gun face mask all the time. <laughs> I have severe sleep apnea. I've really? had it for years and had no idea. Uh, like my brain's been starving for oxygen for decades, but I've managed to survive this long. Hey, listen. And so uh, my buddy, Doctor Oz, sent me a pillow. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and it's actually for that. No, and it's really for me because I don't have to listen to you <laughs> snore anymore, and it's been delightful. I thought she was going to kill me with it, but you <laughs> oh, might want to look into it, man. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I thought at first, but I reread the directions, and yeah. you're just supposed to lay on it. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's pretty dope. He's going to be on the show, Wayne Rick. When's Dr. Oz uh, back on? Sometime tomorrow, hopefully. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. My doctor, Dr. Oz. Oh, your doctor. Oh, he yeah, cured my yeah. tennis elbow, Neil. Do you believe it? I'm sorry? He cured my tennis elbow. Randy had tennis elbow. He fixed it right oh, away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I heard you're quite the tennis connoisseur. I do love to play. I have practice today. <laughs> I have a clinic with my friends or my whole team. So what are the signs that you're seeing a ghost? I'm convinced that Randy's seeing ghosts on a pretty regular basis. Well, like not like I stepping out on me, but I, I just feel like uh, she ignores it. I think she has the ability to communicate with the other side because I'm scared of it. Yeah. So what are what are the uh, what are the signs that your spouse is being visited by the other side? Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> oh my god. If Randy's anything like me, I would call her an energy sensor, mm. where she can walk into a room and the atmosphere just changes suddenly, and it's the the typical description of the hair standing up on the back of your neck or you get that weird feeling like how you feel after you bite into a super um, sour pickle. It wow. kind of like takes over your nervous system and you it's a good pickle, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, God, this is tart. It's sort of that same feeling. It's like an emotional influx, um, like you're trying to swallow your, your sadness almost. Okay. Uh, it's the best way I can describe it. And... I was also prone to sensing electrical appliances. Like, I'd be in another room, and I would know when someone turned the television on just by sensing that high-pitched, like that. No one else would hear it, but I would sense it. Same with the days of the uh, disposable cameras, where you would have to push that button to engage the flash, and that super high-pitched squeal would come from that. It's just sensing a change in energy and atmosphere, and... Uh, I attribute it to that. Uh, that's one way to know definitely that you've walked into something uh, almost like an imprint on the space-time continuum. I definitely feel, you know, there's, I, I don't know, uh, I don't want to say like I'm super religious, but like I'm, I'm definitely very spiritual and I, I meditate often and I do believe in there's something, there's something out there, you know, the, no doubt in my mind anyway. And so, I would consider myself a spiritual person, but mm-hmm. how how does interacting on, from your perspective, like with energy from the other side, that's 
maybe not there friendly, you know, maybe that's stuck there. And if it's not friendly, you usually kind of like when you walk into the middle of an argument that just ended and you can cut a knife through the hostility that's still floating around in the room between the two parties. Um, I pick up on that a lot when I walk in and someone's bad. I know it. I can taste it. And if it's a negative source of energy or a negative entity, you can almost feel the mass from it pushing against you when you walk through it or walk into an area where it's it's in existence. Like, what's that cold feeling that people uh, describe all the time? That's a draw, atmospheric energy that exists around us. Sometimes it takes it from your own body heat, and that's the change from within. Or the area itself, which I use a lot of equipment to test for this, uh, thermal imaging cameras or infrared thermometers will test both surface and atmospheric levels and drops in energy or temperature. Uh, things that try to manifest will often draw from batteries, and if there's no other conductive source, it'll draw from you and make you feel cold. Okay. So now it, here's here's a legitimate question. It's going to sound like I'm goofing on you, but but seriously, like since COVID started, right? Like has your has has the ghost activity been up? Like meaning, like <laughs> since we've been in, have the ghosts been like, well, I mean, you guys are home a lot. Yeah, I usually maybe, get the house to myself. Yeah, step out a little bit. I mean, it's, has there been more reports, or are you going out and investigating more? There have been a lot of people sending me photos to analyze. A lot of people sending me a lot more videos to analyze, and I've been posting them like crazy on my YouTube channel. And um, and if people also, want to see that, where can they go to? What, what's your YouTube? Oh, my YouTube channel is, um, you just go to YouTube and you put at the Neil Parks and you can uh, g- gain access to my channel or just put in uh, Parks Paranormal, okay. P-A-R-K-S Paranormal and get access to my channel. And a lot of people have reported, and I did a podcast episode on this, uh, an increase in personal encounters and activity in their own home during COVID because they've been at home a lot more. Yeah. They've been experiencing and noticing things that they had never seen or thought of before. And maybe you saw a ghost and you got to go to work. You're like, hey, you know, I'd love to report this, but guess who's late? Me. i got to get in the car and get on the road, you know? <laughs> right. Seriously. Yeah, and what I'm saying, I had a lot of things planned uh, for 2020, like a sequel to the movie I did in 2000, and uh, what year is it now? 2017? When we did Blood Alley, Chillicothe makes a movie, which actually blew up on Amazon Prime. I, I can't figure out why, and it won um, independent film accolades. But we were going to start filming our sequel for that, and that was postponed. A uh, documentary series I was supposed to start on Discovery uh, and back in April has been postponed. And I had three signings canceled and four different conventions and paranormal festivals canceled. An in-house investigation. Can I get but, a coronavirus? Yeah, man, it's it is rough, dude. But listen, the one positive thing out there that people can hear your ghost stories right now if they go to uh, Bandcamp. And it, what, what's like a central website that you, you can? Is there like neilparks.com? Uh, actually, just go to Google. Google search is the best way to find me. There's well over six pages of information to contact me through. Go to Google and put in at. The Neil Parks, N E A L P A R K S. And they'll get you. At The Neil Parks. And my email, of course, parksparanormal at gmail.com. And I had to do a major shift in gears last spring. Um, 
I had gone from writing horror and paranormal literature to actually illustrating uh, my first children's book. I can't wait to see that, man. That's going to be awesome, it's man. We're up against the clock. Uh, well, I mean, come on. I, we, we, well, we have five. Well, okay. So we now have uh, four kids. Jaden's like an adult now. So yeah. I know I'm teasing. You know, but uh, <laughs> listen. According to McKenzie, I, I wish we had more time, man. Thanks so much. I wish you good luck with the audiobook, and you're always welcome on the show. Happy Halloween to you, Mister Neil Parks. Happy Halloween to you guys. Thanks so much. And now a word from our sponsor. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Hello, kids and adults in the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. You are listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6 The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to get to Google and search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, which is www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash Neil Parks. Thanks. Grave Encounter. Eric had big plans for the upcoming holiday weekend. He was super excited to take part in all the activities of the July 4th holiday. Firework displays, barbecues, and outdoor activities, including swimming and volleyball on the beach. Eric was employed as a sous chef at a very popular seafood restaurant in the small resort town of Sandy Isle on the coast of South Carolina. Eric had been employed at the restaurant for less than a year, and this was his first opportunity to enjoy the summer fun with three-plus days off. Eric was pumped. Yes, he thought. I'll be enjoying the weekend off while my co-workers are sweating away in the kitchen. The restaurant manager decided to close early on that day to allow the employees a few hours respite from work before the onslaught of tourists arrived the next morning. Eric was on a mini vacation at closing time today, so he was, of course, even more excited to close. Eric thought to himself, let's get this party started. However, time was dragging today, and as he repeatedly looked up at the clock, the hands seemed to move slower and slower, as if they were mocking him in deliberate defiance of his eagerness to leave. Eric would drive his car or ride his bicycle to work. He decided that day he would just walk. He thought to himself, I'll avoid all the holiday traffic and save some gas too. I'll take the shortcut by the graveyard and I'll be home to meet up with Annie in less than 10 minutes. Yes, this will be a lot better than being stuck in traffic and I can change before Annie gets there. A voice from the dining room called out to Eric. This sound brought his mind back to where he was and interrupted his daydream. Eric, we've got one more order. Could you stick around for just 10 more minutes? Eric was internally perturbed by this request, but on the exterior, he smiled and shot back, yeah, no worries, I got you covered. It appeared that Eric was going to get held over for a little while longer. 
That little while actually turned into hours. The moon was full and bright that evening. A smooth breeze swept through the town. Eric finally finished his shift. He quickly cleaned his station before taking out the trash. The time was 8.45 p.m. This reality put a spring in Eric's step as he started his walk home from the restaurant. The cool breeze was blowing softly through the town. His walk was well lit by the ambient glow of a full moon. This trip on foot took Eric down the street where the town's old cemetery was located. Eric approached the gates of the cemetery. Something about the atmosphere that night felt unsettling to him. He noticed that the gates were open and unlocked. He thought to himself, it's after sunset. Why are those gates locked? Eric took it upon himself to close and lock the gates. He was hoping that someone didn't break into the cemetery and vandalize any of the headstones that were there. As he continued on his journey, his thoughts were disrupted by a strange noise coming from inside the cemetery. Eric could hear what sounded like a child giggling. Hello? Who's in there? Eric shouted as he moved closer to the gate that separated the living from the dead. He tried to focus in on the area where he thought the sound was coming from. Eric stood patiently waiting for a reply, but there wasn't a response. He took a few more steps forward, but then he had his focus taken aback to the cemetery when he heard a soft-pitched voice humming and singing. Eric returned to the gate again. This time, he was quite agitated and angrily called out, Hello, you can stop screwing with me already. The fun is over. Eric assumed that some local kids were fooling around in the cemetery and his impatience to get home. He didn't see the humor in this at all. Cut it out, punks. I know you're in there fooling around. I'm calling the cops when I get home. Eric shouted to whomever was hiding in the shadows of the cemetery. He stood firm on his sidewalk and glared into the darkness. Absolute silence followed his stern warning. Eric thought, well, I guess I showed them as he puffed out his chest, exhaled and turned to continue on his walk. His concentration was broken by something he didn't expect to see emerge from the shadows. Before him, on the other side of the gate, stood a dark-haired figure, leaning against a distorted tree. The individual appeared to be quietly sobbing. Shrouded in the shadows, this person appeared to be a small female with long, dark hair. She was wearing what appeared to be an old, dingy white gown, that was tattered and smudged with dirt. Eric took a moment to catch his breath. He was taken aback by the peculiar sight of this girl. Appearing out of thin air in the graveyard, Eric cleared his throat and swallowed hard, only to be left with a dry mouth. He called out, hello? Miss, are you hurt? The girl said nothing. She remained still and continued to weep. Eric, was starting to unravel. He had been by this graveyard more than a thousand times, and he had never experienced anything like this. His lungs tightened, making it difficult to breathe. His hands were shaking and wet with perspiration. His head began to throb. Miss, excuse me, are you okay? D do you need help? Eric said aloud. The girl refused to acknowledge his query. He was increasingly agitated by her unwillingness to reply. 
Why? He took a deep breath. Hello, are you deaf, girl? Do you freaking understand me? I'm trying to help you, Eric shouted as he placed his hands on the iron rods of the gate. Aaron looked around the area where she was standing. The grave directly in front of him had a pile of toys, cards, toy necklaces, stuffed dolls, and candy draped over it. Eric smacked the gate as he called out to her again, but he was quickly stifled by her response. The mystery girl emerged from the shadows, moving like a marionette and facing away from him. Slowly, she sauntered toward the gate, awkwardly walking backwards until she was in front of Eric. His throat tightened and the hairs on his arms stiffened and stood erect. The girl moved closer and started to turn to face Eric. Eric gasped. He couldn't breathe. He was now face to face with this menace of the night and he was scared to death. He trembled uncontrollably as he looked into the girl's eyes. To his shock, her eyes were not present. Only vacant pits of black remained. Matted hair framed her pale face. The girl opened her mouth as to speak. However, there were no words and no sound. Only the stench of death poured out from her mouth. Eric grabbed his chest as to keep his heart from bursting. He let out a voiceless scream as he jumped back from the gate. His legs were weak from the frightful encounter and he stumbled and fell from the sidewalk onto the street behind him. The headlights of a passing car immediately blinded him. The vehicle came to a screeching halt to keep from hitting Eric. What are you trying to do, get yourself killed? Shouted the driver from her open driver's side window. After taking a second look, the driver called out to Eric in disbelief. Eric, is that you? What are you doing on the ground? You're supposed to be home already. Eric realized who was talking to him. Thankfully, Annie, his girlfriend, was the one driving down the same street just as he was face to face with one of the most terrifying encounters of his life. Annie, we need to go now, Eric shouted. He stumbled repeatedly as he ran to her passenger door. He slammed the car door on his foot upon his first attempt to shut the door and uttered a few profanity-laced expletives. Go, go, go! Eric screamed, and he floored the gas pedal without hesitation. Eric's stomach started to churn as he turned to look back at the cemetery, and he pulled her car into a well-lit parking lot of a nearby gas station. She put the car in park as Eric threw open the passenger door so he could vomit. What is wrong with you? Annie inquired. You look like you've seen a ghost. Eric wiped his puke-soiled mouth with his sleeve and explained the encounter to Annie. Eric always cared for Annie and loved her for as long as he could remember. He shared his story with her without a second thought. Eric, I believe you. I've lived in this town since childhood, and I've seen things in that graveyard that can't be explained. Without saying a word, Annie reached for Eric's hand. She pulled him closer to her and attempted to kiss him. Eric backed away slightly. Annie, babe, I just puked, remember? Annie chuckled as their eyes met again. She moved in for a second time and kissed his vomit-tainted lips. Eric, I love you, vomit mouth and all. Their brief moment together was interrupted suddenly. Eric went into a state of panic. He was grabbing each pocket to double check where he had put his phone, but came up empty-handed. My, my phone, I don't have my phone. I must have dropped it when I fell into the street. Annie, I'm sorry, but I have to go back and get it. What if that witch or demon or whatever it was gets it and finds out who I am? 
and he grabbed Eric's hand in order to settle him down and agreed to go back there so he could retrieve his phone. Eric sighed as he traced his hand along her lacy scarf. They got back into the car and headed back into the direction of the cemetery. They stopped near the spot where Eric had been. Annie turned her headlights on high beam. She grabbed Eric's hand and said, I have a flashlight on the back floorboard. Eric grabbed the flashlight and said to Annie, Come on, let's find this freaking thing together. Are you up for it, Annie? He said with a forced smirk. They got out of her car and shuffled their feet as they approached the exact spot where Eric came face to face with this demonic-looking apparition. Eric, with Annie's flashlight in hand, proceeded to scour the area, looking for his phone. He was hoping to avoid being that caused him to lose his cool. He was afraid that it would show up again, but he wasn't about to give up until he found his phone. Eric had heard stories from various townspeople of strange encounters in that graveyard. He had always dismissed these tales as simply ghost stories or legends handed down through the years. This was different from everything else he's heard. It wasn't a figment of his imagination. He saw something unusual. Eric would just laugh and shrug off these supposed ghost stories of encounters in the old graveyard. But what he experienced that night would forever change his opinion. Eric, what is that? Annie whispered. Eric pointed the flashlight toward the tree where he saw the ghostly figure. It occurred to him at that moment... Holy shit, this is the grave with all of the toys and other stuff covering it. Look at it, Annie. Those items on the grave are scattered everywhere. Eric said aloud. It looks as if something or someone had tossed these toys, seashells, and cards all around the area. Annie, these are covering that dead girl's grave from earlier. When I saw that girl in the white, I noticed the grave was covered with this stuff. What did I see? Annie was standing close to the fence line. She placed her hands along the rails. What is that? She said aloud. The headlights to Annie's car shut off. Eric quickly turned to look at the car to see what blocked the headlights. He slowly walked toward the car and then the headlights turned back on brighter than before. Annie, I think your alternator might be going bad on your car. The lights keep flickering. Eric said to her as he turned to face her. To his surprise, Annie was no longer standing at the fence. Annie? Annie, where are you, babe? Eric called out in desperation. He lifted the beam from his flashlight to check the area where she had been standing. He ran to the fence line and used the flashlight to canvas the area in hopes of finding where Annie may have wandered off to. He was beginning to get really worried about where she was. Annie, where are you? Eric cried aloud again. He could hear muffled screams coming from the decorated grave. Eric's heart dropped to his stomach when he panned the ground along the grave and he saw Annie's scarf. Her scarf was sticking halfway up out of the ground. Annie's muffled screams grew softer and softer. Annie! Annie! Eric cried as the scarf was no longer visible and had sunk all the way beneath the earth. As the breeze started to shake the tree branches around him, the laughter of the ghost girl billowed through the air. And now a word from our sponsor. As now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio.
Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Thank you, and that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to take a compass with you if you're exploring the forests and the wilderness. Bring some snacks for Bigfoot. Bring camera equipment so you can photograph any strange fireballs, UFOs from overhead, uh, any disembodied spirits, recording equipment for sounds and screeches of either ghosts or a howling Yeti or Sasquatch or Skunk Ape or Grassman. And there's so much yet to be discovered. So enjoy it. The wilderness is here for us to explore. And I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you so much for your time.